0: We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Monday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street, My name is J.J. Jackson, proudly serving as the host of Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show. On the show with me today, I've got Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. And we've got an amazing program lined up and planned for you today here on Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show. We've got birthdays in sports. We'll talk with Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers. We'll take your phone calls and more. Recapping the weekend that was for Auburn Athletics and also for just the wide world of sports. Sadly, the Atlanta Braves were defeated by the Philadelphia Phillies. Their 2022 season falls short of defending that World Series championship. We saw NFL action yesterday and Auburn falling by two touchdowns against Ole Miss. And the head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, Brian Harson, still currently employed by Auburn. That is a storyline many will want to follow in the coming days and weeks as Auburn now with a 3-4 and four record on this 2022 season. J.J., Tom, Brant, and Cam inside the studio here. Tom Peavy, how are you, sir?
2: Oh, man, I'm good. Uh, yeah, a lot of mixed reactions on the uh, sports weekend as it was. Obviously, upset with Auburn falling the way they did, upset with the Braves falling the way they did. Very happy for the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not the Ooh. biggest Falcons fan in the world, but I am. I, 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 I Cam's enjoying it. Yeah, Cam's enjoying it big yeah. time. Stockton's playing some pretty good ball right now, uh, nice. so that was cool to see. Uh, obviously, the Tennessee Alabama game, that was just a good football it's game. I it, absolutely, I, I posted it on Facebook. I don't care if you were a Tennessee fan, Alabama fan, or Auburn fan. That was just good football. That was an incredible game, an incredible atmosphere. Uh, just absolutely fun to watch, and and so it was great. But uh, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot going on this weekend. is it, it was a very busy sports weekend.
3: Brent, how are you? I'm fantastic. Uh, was not able to watch the the Auburn game actually. Mm-hmm. I saw the final lines. I, I got uh, a little bit of a replay, but um, it, it was. A, I was up uh, up at a Crampton Bowl with Brooks oh, Childress he's busy commentating. Yeah, calling uh, Jeff Davis and Smith Station. That game was a, a fun one to call. I've Never been up to Crampton Bowl. Only been to Montgomery once or twice in my life, so it was really really cool to go up there and call a football game but uh, yeah Auburn losing in the fashion they did it was at least a new way to lose a game you, you like to think that you found some awesome offensive consistency going forward and yet the defense had probably its worst showing in several years easily um, so it just a just a you know it, you can't get you can't get multiple things going right at once and and that's got to be something that you plan on getting fixed if Brian Harson does want to keep his job and it, like Tom talked about it you know, don't know if Brian Harson's going to get to keep his job. I've gone on this show saying that the rumors that I have heard are that Brian Harson would be fired this week if things didn't get any better. Um, I have also heard that it is possible he finishes out the season. So I don't know what's going to happen uh, at this point. I, it's it's a coin flip for me. I don't know if he gets fired this week or not. But if he does make it through this week, I think he does finish out the season. Uh,
2: it feels but, more like he's going to finish out the
3: season. Yeah, uh, from everything I'm
2: hearing and figured something would
3: have already been done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it would it, you thought it, I thought it would have come yesterday if they were going to fire him yeah. this week, but uh we'll you know, we'll see going forward Th- things take time, things happen. It, it, yeah, whatever. Um yeah, the Braves going out like they did was unfortunate. Uh Philly, you ran into a buzzsaw on that super hot Phillies team. Uh and, and you know, everything went wrong for you at once. Uh you had the series of the season against the Mets and then you know, the bats went cold against Miami because you were coming off that emotional high. And uh, and then in the playoffs, it just didn't carry over. You couldn't get everything going again, um, whether it be hitting or pitching or defensively or whatever. Things just didn't fall the way they needed to, but it's still a great season for the Braves. And you've locked up that core for a very long time. So you're going to see the Braves play in more playoff yeah. series. Uh, talking about the Falcons, yeah, they are very fun to watch right now, not because they're really good, but because they're winning games like it's 1963. Uh, Mariota threw the ball 14 times uh, and the Falcons ended up putting up four touchdowns. I don't when was the last time you saw a game that was uh, as effective as an offense that was super effective that focused on ball control the way the Falcons do because the Falcons are they're they're, they're they're not about Throwing big plays out. they're not about explosiveness they're about we're gonna we're gonna possess the ball for eight minutes. we're gonna end the drive in a touchdown. We're gonna average a touchdown every four carries. Or average of a, a first down every four carries, your and it's it's, man, I, imagine what the Falcons can do when they get a good roster. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to when that happens, uh, but uh, I'm doing good and excited to be here. And yeah, let's let's do a show.
4: Cam Berry, talk to me. How are things? Oh man, things are go- you know things are going good in the in the professional uh, football side of things. You know, uh, like Brand said, the Falcons. Got to win. They're playing pretty good football. I actually think this roster is better than a lot of people expected, and I was kind of saying that at the beginning of the season, um, that you know this this team's kind of slept on. And Arthur Smith has these guys confident and playing hard, and and I just love what I'm seeing. I mean, they're just running the ball with such effectiveness. It's it's just it's just great to see. Um, with the Braves, yeah, it it is unfortunate, you know, but we we do have a World Series under our belt. This core is locked up. We are I would say that we are going to be perennial playoff team, you know, year in and year out, um, and and so I look forward to these guys getting a few more World Series, excuse me, a few more World Series under their belts um, in the future. Um, you know, it just kind of seems like that buy that buy seemed to have everybody it kind of got every team you know the yankees are going to going to five games against the yeah. guardians um every team kind of got affected by it except for the astros and you know they they came close in that game one just the the mariners couldn't finish them off um you know but everybody else is the dodgers are out you know it, it's it seems it's seems like it's definitely interesting yeah, it's a yeah. new format You have yeah. the
1: three-game wild card series which meant atlanta the los angeles dodgers the houston astros and new york yankees had five days off during the all-star break. You really don't even get five days off. Either. So exactly. it was just very strange and unique with this new format, and they will see how that plays out in yeah. years to come and that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah you've now different. got a National League Championship Series set to be played between the Philadelphia Phillies and the San Diego Padres. Two wild card teams. And it speaks to baseball being a sport that's played with 162 games, and not always Momentum, does the best man. team in the sport win. No. The Braves were not the best team in the major leagues last year they just weren't. The yep, Houston Astros were, the were a better team. The Dodgers were a better team. Atlanta was the hottest team at the right time. They came together. They won a championship. So then you argue, yes, you are the best team. It's just it's what we see yep. year in and year out and it's just it's heartbreaking right, right. when the season ends the way in which it did, but that was the case this well, weekend.
2: And and I think that's the situation the Phillies are in right now. The Braves you can talk about the 5 game rest or whatever, but I mean simply fire. simply put the the Phillies are just absolutely scorching hot in all facets of their game. And you saw it against St. Louis on the road. They win that sure. series. And then you get to the Braves, and, I mean, their bats are just annihilating some of the best pitchers in right? all of Major League Baseball. I mean, I've never seen Strider get lit up like no. he did. And wow. I know he's coming off of that oblique injury and his first start in a while, but still, Strider does not get lit up like that. No. Max Fried does not get up like that. I, you know, they – they they just their bats absolutely destroyed yeah. the Braves starting pitching and and then the Braves especially six through nine yeah. in their struggled. lineup was bad. horrid I mean in that se- yeah.
4: in in that series I mean it was just darn it was just yeah it was just Darno Olson and Ronnie that showed up to hit yeah. and everybody else just struggled as for Auburn. You know, we just week in and week out. I, I mean, I won't. You know, the defense, like Brent said, that that was their worst showing in for a very, very long time. 300 they three hundred yard rush could not stop the run. I mean, at all whatsoever, um, which they had been pretty pretty decent at. And so now you just kind of turn to what do we do next? I mean, at least we got some offense going. I, I can say that. You know, at least we got the run game going. It just
1: that is something yeah. to applaud. We yeah, talked I, all I mean, last week how bad we they, felt. For Tank Bigsby, Tank went off. He from, played his ass yes. off. He had an incredible showing for from Auburn on Saturday. nine
4: and two touchdowns. A great game from Tank, and and they seem to be getting him very involved and getting him the ball as, as much as possible. And, and and I mean the offense had a pretty solid day. I will say
2: that the one thing that I I want to point out and and give the praise because I have I have since I mean, since really last year I have crapped all over this team. I have crapped all over this coaching staff. I I want them gone. I I think it's time for a change. However, you go down twenty-one to nothing, fall back, and and you're in the situation you are where you've lost this many games, and the, and the whole country is not paying attention to you. And I mean, it's just you go down twenty-one to nothing. That right there was recipe to fold up and just yeah, get over. your doors yeah, blown sure. off.
3: And they didn't. And yeah. they
2: did not. I, I so thought we were I, heading so for twenty twelve
3: AM. I thought that's what we were yeah. heading for it was a sixty three to twelve type of game where it's very clear that the team has just checked out and they weren't. And that yeah. it like you said, that, that is a credit to coaching. That is something that we have not seen from Brian Harson's team is that they are not gonna quit on him.
4: Yeah, know? Know. and, and yeah.
3: for better or worse. Well it's, it's it's always better to not quit I'll say and, that.
4: And it's unfortunate because there were a couple of calls that could have went you know could have went in Auburn's that went Ole miss's way that that kind of helped them with the momentum. There was a PI call that I don't think anybody of anybody agreed with. Uh, no. You know, that kind of kind of messed with how we were going and that could have helped us and and I think it would have either tied the game or given us the lead at one point in time and and it ended up um, uh, Ole Miss ended up scoring, and we were down two touchdowns again. So it, it was just tough in that sense. But overall, like I said, the offense really did pretty solid. Yep. I, I, I will give them that. The O-line did not look terrible like it has in the past.
2: In, in, um, run, in run blocking, yeah, they in were run good.
4: Pass player, pro, yeah, Pass no. pro,
2: they're, they're still not good. No, they're they, still not they're good. They're not good, good in pass protection. But
4: I will take what I can get, <laughs> <laughs> and in the run game, they were solid. So
3: I'll give it to sure. them. Yeah, the – they did, I, I, like I said, I didn't get to watch the full game, but I did watch a little bit. And what I saw, it did look like the running game was trying to do different things. Instead of just inside zone or outside zone, they did run a few traps. They did run a GT counter, which I've talked about on this show. They ran a GT counter a couple of times from what I saw. Uh, so it does look like they are expanding the running game. Uh, and the other thing is, this: the interior three on the offensive line, the guards in the center, have looked pretty okay since the LSU game right? A- except for the Georgia game, which Georgia's defensive front is going to make everybody look bad. Mm. So what can you do? Um, but but just speaking of, as to where Auburn is right now, I think the interior running game, as you get into what is frankly the, the weaker part of your SEC schedule uh, other than Alabama, I think Auburn's going to be able to run the ball this year, uh, at, at least better than they have in the first half of the season. Right. Um, it got, with the with the opponents that they have upcoming. So it, if you're looking for optimism, I, I think that Tank could get going as we continue on the season and you get to teams that don't have defensive lines that are as strong and you do get the the front five up there that do give you the best chance. I still don't think the tackles are great. I, I'm sorry. I just don't I don't think they're gonna be great by the by the time the season ends. So
1: over halfway done. Yeah, only five days yeah. yeah. left. Remaining I mean.
4: remaining competitive is going to be key. Five games
1: left on the schedule for Auburn. They do not play this upcoming Saturday, an off week for the Tigers back in action next Saturday with Arkansas. Then you've got matchups with Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Western Kentucky, Alabama, the five opponents remaining on the schedule for those Auburn Tigers. Let's take our first time out of the hour. When we come back, we'll celebrate some birthdays in sports and take your phone calls. This is Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM.
0: Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Back on Albert's first and Albert's favorite sports talk show. This is Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Barry. We hope that you're doing well on this Monday. We'll get to your phone calls in just a moment. 334-887-3401. But we do this each and every day. Before we get to phone calls, let's make sure we celebrate our birthdays in sports.
0: It's time for today's birthdays and sports.
1: All right, birthdays and sports here today on October seventeenth, twenty twenty-two. Birthdays and sports presented by Max Credit Union. Allow Max Credit Union to help you with all of your banking needs. Brent Daughtry,
3: hello. Who has a birthday today? I'll tell you who has a birthday today. On today, October the seventeenth, Willie Sneed the Fourth is turning thirty. He's a wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. He went undrafted in the 2014 NFL Draft out of Ball State. He has also played for the Saints, Ravens, Raiders, and Panthers at Ball State. Sneed was a two-time first-team All MAC Conference player. Could not stand that guy when he was with the Saints. He was he was Could an annoying, annoyingly good, good slot slot receiver. Like pretty, pretty solid guy. Turning 27 today is Jamal Adams. He's a current safety for the Seattle Seahawks, selected sixth overall in the 2017 NFL Draft by the New York Jets out of LSU. He's a 2019 All Pro, two time Second Team All Pro, three time Pro Bowler, 2017 PFWA All Rookie Team member. At LSU, Adams was a 2016 Second Team All American, 2016 First Team All SEC, 2015 Second Team All SEC. Hmm. Jamal Adams, very good, very yeah. scary player. Yeah, I wish I could,
4: wish he could go help, get healthy.
3: Turning 25 today is Robert Williams III. He's a center for the Boston Celtics. Selected 27th overall in 2018 NBA draft by the Celtics out of Texas A&M. Oh, a 2022 NBA All-Defensive second team. At A Williams was a two-time SEC Defensive Player of the Year, and he's a 2017 Second Team All SEC, 2017 Second uh, Excuse me, 2017 SEC All Freshman Team, two-time SEC All Defensive Team. So a defensive center, Robert Williams III, Time turns Lord. 25 today. Happy birthday! Turning 56 today is Danny Ferry, he's a former NBA Ford selected second overall in 1989 NBA Draft by the Los Angeles Clippers out of Duke. Refused to play for the Clippers, so instead he went overseas. With Messagero Roma and signed with the Cleveland Cavaliers a year later in 1990. He also played for the San Antonio Spurs. He's a 2003 NBA champion at, uh, excuse me, yeah, 2003 NBA champion. While he was at Duke, he was the 1989 Naismith college player of the year the 1989 usbwa player of the year 1989 upi college player of the year and a 1989 consensus first team all-american he was an eight he was a second team all-american in uh, 1988 he's a two-time acc player of the year two-time first team all acc one-time second team all acc two-time acc athlete of the year and his number 35 is retired by the duke blue devils
1: the first true all-star to play for mike schuszewski there for duke and now for an office executive in the nba happy birthday
3: Turning 56 today. Turning 30 today is Hanser Alberto. He's an, ML, he's an infielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He has also played for the Rangers, Orioles, and Royals. And our last birthday today is Ernie Els. Turning 53 is a South African professional golfer. He's a former world number one. He held the position for nine weeks. He has 70 career victories, two-time US Open winner, two-time Open Championship winner, and a member of the World Golf Hall of Fame. Your birthday's today. Willie Sneed, the fourth, turns 30, Jamal Adams turns 27. Robert Williams the third turns 25. Danny Ferry is 56. Hanser Alberto is 30, and Ernie Els turns 53.
1: Look at that. That's our birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. If it is your birthday, like Brant said, happy birthday to you i'll be that guy fellas three weeks from today it's my birthday which means 24 days from today it's tom Peavy's birthday that's right our birthdays are almost here almost here let's take a quick time out sports call continues in a moment
0: Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Welcome back in, Auburn's first, Auburn's favorite sports talk show. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Give us a call to join the show, 334-887-3401 locally or toll free at one 888 nine tiger nine auburn bank is our proud sponsor of the sports call phone line jj jackson alongside tom peavy brant daughtry and cam berry will use that sports call phone line to go and chat with our friends and joining us up first on today's show we've got james from montgomery there's our good friend james from montgomery has called into the program hi james
5: hello and war eagle
1: war eagle
5: yeah, the first thing that I'm going to actually talk about is the huge loss against Old Miss. I mean, I was watching that game from beginning to end and I was seeing what Robert Ashford was going to do, but I don't think he was the quarterback that we were looking for in in Robert Ashford. So I think I don't know what what he was thinking, but we had some turnovers in the first and second quarter of the game and it was just it, it was like a, it, it was like Auburn was like on life support at that point.
1: You got to take care of the football, James. Plain and simple, you you can't be on life support. You got to take care of that football. You got to run the ball effectively. And Robbie Ashford, while he did have some turnovers, he was running it effectively when he kept it himself. As was Tank Bigsby. Really good to see Tank Bigsby have a big game.
5: Yeah, as as well because I mean with with Tank and his. Um, you know, with with a lot of uh strength that he has for the offensive side of the ball. I mean, I, I mean, he looks like an NFL star. That's what they that's what they're looking at, St. Bigsby. But I think Tank is the NFL star. I can actually see it in his in his um, pro sonar in and seeing if he's going to be on any draft boards in 2023 of next year.
1: He likely will be. He'll likely be uh, one of the better running backs that you could evaluate as a prospect. I think B. John Robinson has that top spot coming out of Texas, but excited to see what Tank Bigsby can do at the next level, that's for sure. Five games left on the schedule for Auburn, so they've got to find a way to take care of the football.
5: Yes, as well. So we have to take care of the football more more often, and we're playing a really good team in Arkansas. So it's at home, so I think this is going to Actually, test Brian Hartson's coaching ability, or if it's going to test, um, you know, the the football program as as itself for Auburn. So I'm just going to see how we play next weekend because I know we don't play this weekend. So I'll just have to see how we'll play next weekend against Arkansas at home. So I'm hoping that this is going to be a good uh, test for Auburn and seeing if Auburn is going to. Uh, rebuild their their losses against Ole Miss as well.
1: Yeah, we uh, we play Arkansas, as you said, next weekend, 11 a.m. kickoff. Auburn's got a bye week on Saturday, so hopefully some of the guys that are banged up can enjoy a little bit of extra time off for recovery, mm-hmm. and uh, then they can come back and, and really grind it out next week, getting ready for that Arkansas game, that's for sure.
5: Yeah, because uh, this weekend I'm going to be looking at some games this weekend. I'm going to be looking at Mississippi State I'm gonna be looking at Alabama, and I'm gonna be looking at Texas A&M and Western Kentucky, just to name those two teams that we're gonna be playing in this five-week uh, series for next weekend. I mean next week as well.
1: Yeah, no, we've we've got five games left. We're still trying to go to a bowl game. We've got three wins on the year. We got to find three more wins on the schedule if Auburn wants to go to a bowl game this season. So uh, odds may be stacked against this team, but these players aren't giving up. That's for sure.
5: Yeah, that's well. And then with the Major League Baseball uh, game that's going to be played tonight, I'm actually I have uh, the New York Yankees actually winning against the Cleveland Guardians and seeing if they're going to take this game five. As well for tonight, and seeing uh, what they're going to do next week when they actually play the winner of the Philadelphia Phillies or the San Diego uh, the San Diego Padres as well. So I think Philadelphia and New York would be a great matchup for the World Series this year.
1: Yeah, they went head to head in the World Series back in two thousand and nine. A really fun matchup there uh, in two thousand and nine between those two teams. So it'd be a World Series revisited thirteen years later.
5: Yes, that's all well, because I mean with that I'm I'm pretty sure that New York is going to win the World Series this year. I have great honors uh, with their with their lineup with Aaron Judge and I and I know he's going to bring a lot of Law and Order to this game tonight as well in New York.
1: That's so clever, James. That's a really good pun right there, buddy.
5: Yeah, because I mean his last name is Judge, so I mean I love. I love my head, uh TV show Law and Order, so that's <laughs> why I had to put it in there as well. Tell,
1: tell us something about the Law and Order TV show. What do you like?
5: Um, I just like, you know, seeing a lot of um, a lot of the police work that that those uh, men and women actually do for New York as well, and um, they're they're really they're a really good um, a, a great cast for Law and Order as well. And then my other hit TV show that I would like to watch. During the week is uh, SWAT. I used to love. Uh, I I actually watched that show as well. So it's it's another police show that I like to watch as well. Yeah,
1: police shows are fun from time to time. It's uh it's it's always entertaining. And then you've got some some shows where you see some knuckleheads out there that aren't doing the best of behavior. So then the police reprimand them for that.
5: Yeah, it's that as well. And then I am so disappointed on uh, last night of my Dallas Cowboys. We could not make. The push over the hump for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm hoping that they're going to uh, change the quarterback spot, and probably next week. Uh, this uh, weekend, uh, we do have a bye week this week, so. I'm hoping that they will put uh, Dak Prescott back, and I'm hoping we'll get to the Super Bowl as well.
1: Yeah, now that Dak Prescott is healthy, it'll be a good thing for Dallas that he's going to be back and reinserted into the starting lineup. So uh, maybe we'll get to see a healthy Dak Prescott play the rest of the season. That could be a really good thing for the Dallas Cowboys.
5: Yes, as well. And then uh, tonight's game, I'm watching uh, the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Chargers. So I have the Chargers actually beating – Russell Wilson and uh, Los Angeles, so that's going to be a good win for. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I don't know who's the quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers. I think it's. Uh, um. Well, I, I'll, I'll probably Justin find Herbert. That. Yeah, so I'll, I'll probably see if Justin Herbert is going to actually win this game at home. So it's going to be a good Hollywood. Uh, Matchup is going to be a really good one, so grab your popcorn and it's going to be a good uh, Hollywood movie to actually watch as well.
1: Yeah, no, we're uh, we're talking about all the things that took place over the weekend. And, and James, before we get out of here, we do got to address the elephant in the room. And uh, I would imagine that you were a little disappointed in the behavior that we saw from Bubba Wallace yesterday.
5: Oh yes, I actually did see that. That uh, actually came to uh, my attention because, I mean, I mean that was kind of a close call for Bubba Wallace to actually... He was almost going to win um, in yesterday's race, but, I mean, anything can happen in, in the heat of the moment for NASCAR, and I've actually seen a lot of NASCAR fights actually go down for so many years that I've been a NASCAR fan, and, I mean it is it, it was going to be his time to win but i think he should not you know do something like that so i think he's going to he's going to you know tone his his um his anger issues down a little bit
1: yeah he might need to apologize to Kyle Larson cuz he went and, and shoved and pushed him
5: yes as well so he would um i think NASCAR officials i think they're going to suspend him for the remaining of the season but i'm not quite sure on that as well so i'll just probably um you know keep keep watching um some nascar news and i'll probably have that for y'all on tomorrow as well
1: yeah there's only three races left in the regular season so who are you going to be rooting for now if bubba wallace can't keep racing
5: um i would have to say i will take uh Chase Elliott, I will root for him as well. That's my favorite
1: driver. I like that.
5: Yeah, so I'm gonna see if he's gonna go into the winner circle, and you know I'm gonna actually keep him in the uh, fantasy in the NASCAR fantasy lineup as well. So I'm not gonna pull. I'm not gonna pull him out. So I'm gonna leave him in and probably put some other uh, NASCAR drivers around him as well.
1: And then tomorrow night, the NBA season gets started. The Golden State Warriors are going to get their NBA championship rings, and then we'll start the brand-new year.
5: Yes, I will actually see that game on Tuesday night because I think that this year would be a second time for the Golden State Warriors Mm -hmm. to actually uh, go to the NBA Finals and I would like to see a good matchup this year with my Dallas Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors. Maybe I don't know if it if it's going to happen. It might happen, but I would watch my uh, Dallas Mavericks on Wednesday. So I'll let you all know if we won or not.
1: The first of eighty-two games—a very long season. The first of eighty-two games for the Mavericks on Wednesday.
5: Yes, as well. And then this coming up Sunday, I'm going to be watching the Kansas City Chiefs against the Buffalo Bills, a huge rematch of Super Bowl 55. So it's going to be a rematch, and I think that uh, the Buffalo Bills will take out uh, Patrick Mahomes in, um, in Buffalo as well. So I think this is going to be a good good team for for Buffalo to actually make it to a second Super Bowl uh, title in over 10 years.
1: Yeah, they just played yesterday. They just played yesterday.
5: Yeah, so I am actually happy that the Buffalo Bills actually won, and I have won uh, week six of the fantasy football uh, season, so I'm actually going to see who am I going to who am I going to put in my draft during the offseason as
1: well? There we go. A lot to discuss, a lot to be looking forward to over the next few days. Very good to hear from you today, James. All right? All right. Sounds good. And War Eagle, and I'll
6: talk to you
5: all on Tuesday. All
1: right. War Eagle. That's our pal James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's take a commercial break. We're back with more of your phone calls right after this.
0: Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. I'm Jeff Whitaker, Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive
7: tackle and national champion. and You are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. We're chatting with our good pal Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers at 4.30 on today's show. And we're taking your phone calls the rest of the way, 334-887-3401. As we go now to the Auburn Bank phone line, joining us here on the program we've got our good pal Tony from Tuskegee Tony has called into sports call hi Tony
8: how y'all doing well how doing are great. you sir hey I'm, I I know y'all are doing good after that Tennessee victory
2: but yeah but Auburn lost, Auburn lost so that's that's the biggest thing we're concerned about
8: yeah but um I mean in all of my time watching football have you ever seen a, a a group of referees not know what down it is on the field?
3: Uh only once and it was it was last year in the Auburn Penn State game. Penn State had a punt on third down.
8: Well that 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 happened just year you know, an Alabama game. But uh, you know, nobody can make excuses for Alabama losing, but there were a couple of plays where Bryce got hit upside the head. The guy targeted him. They looked at it, and called call it. And then that last play, uh, the pass on the fence, I mean, that's something really need to be looked at, not just because of that game, but through it. They're not allowing guys a chance to go at the ball. Anything close, you don't have to touch them. If you jump up, you know, it's a pass on the fence. And another thing I think, Think needs to have is all these referees to be on the same page, instead of having a different SEC officials or Pac-10 officials. Why don't they have just a net, a uh, 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 large conference of referees, college football referees, so they can all make the uh, same calls and have, you know, they have one standard of calls.
3: I think yeah. the the reason you haven't seen a national organization like that is purely because of geography. You, you, the guys that live in the South are not going to go officiate a Pac-12 game, you know. But I, I'm with you. I wish that referees were better. I I agree that referees are a problem, uh, uh b- pretty much as as a blanket statement across all of college football. But I I don't think you're going to see one massive union of referees come up anytime soon.
8: Yeah, I watched an Auburn game also. Uh... I mean, everybody keep blaming the coach. I mean, you, know, you got players on the field too. I, you know, I kind of believe if that guy gets on players. Some different might happen. Now, I don't want anybody seeing my face and drag me for saying that. But you know, Auburn played a different standard of football set.
3: I, on on offense, they definitely played better. Uh, on defense, you had one of the worst performances you've had in a long time. I, I agree that if Brian Harson well, was able to get his guys in here, he might have some success. I don't know. Unfortunately, but he's the, not getting his yeah, guys in here. He's That's not getting guys in here right now. Well, That's the biggest well, issue. Well,
8: well, what's the difference in the defense? Everybody says Nick Saban, you know, they ought to get rid of him in Alabama if he let one player score five touchdowns, beat him five times up, up and down the field.
3: Oh yeah! Hey, of, look,
8: Nick out of Tuscaloosa.
3: Well, you said it, Tony, not me.
8: Yeah, yeah. I mean, five touchdowns and you can't make any uh, adjustments to that. What, what's going on in Tuscaloosa? I mean, it ain't what you did last year what you're doing this year?
1: That's right. First loss yeah. of the year for Alabama. We'll see how they uh, respond.
8: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still. But one other thing. Every time Alabama gets beat up and by they got drugs, but if they win by 50, is only a fix for Alabama.
1: Thank you. Man. All right, we appreciate it. That's our good pal Tony from Tuskegee joining us there on the program.
3: 334-887-3401. I've seen a lot of Alabama fans say that. That's the lamest thing I've ever heard. Like he... People are happy because they beat you. I mean, it... You lost. You still lost. Right. It's... it's an L, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's an L. Who cares if people are happy that they, that they beat it's your uh... team?
4: It's un, it's unfortunate. Take your
3: take your lumps. Yeah, they,
4: they are very bad at losing with dignity.
1: We haven't really talked about it much uh, on today's the show. Officials, but the officials. Alabama the officials. did lose. They yeah. lost 52-49 yeah. on a walk off field goal against Tennessee. Alabama was number three in the country. Tennessee was number six in the new AP polls. They flipped positions. Alabama now number six. Tennessee number three.
2: So, As, um, so I, and first our, time
1: against Nick Saban that Tennessee uh, won. Yeah. And, and I want to
2: address the officiating. I, I think there were bad calls that went both ways in this yeah. game. Yeah.
3: There, there are always uh, bad calls. That's yeah. the thing. It's what I tell Tony: is officiating is a very broad problem across all of college football. But right now, it feels especially bad in the SEC, and yeah. maybe that's just because what I care about more. But yeah. still,
2: now and I don't know if, if the one that Tony was talking about the pass interference call, the the one right there late in the game. Uh, uh, called on Alabama, and it was one of those where, like, the play happened and you just thought that was it, and then it was like, Oh, there's a penalty. And I remember watching that the night flag, yeah, that the, the, they threw? the really the the, 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 the Kool-Aid pass interference, picking off it. Well, that's right, it was a pick, but they called pass interference, right? Yeah, that
4: one was pass
2: interference, okay, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. So, that's the one, and that was like right there towards the end of the game,
4: yeah, correct? right, yeah, yeah. That, that was a pretty crucial time in the game,
2: yeah, um. i've heard some people complaining about that one and i'm like when they went back and watched that re when i went back uh or i'm sorry when they showed the replay that was the first thing i saw i was like oh gosh i was like that's pass pass interference interference." that i mean that was like absolutely pass interference and i'm like oh my gosh did they actually throw a flag for that pass interference and sure enough they did and every replay i'm like oh wow yes so now if anybody's complaining about that one I mean that was textbook pass interference. Right. So and, and now there were some other calls that you could say, and I, I mean, I, they they missed know. a they missed a face mask on
4: Bryce, right? Uh, and they probably missed a roughing the passer on Bryce as well, right? He there was the there
3: was a targeting that was not called where he did initiate contact to Bryce's face mask with his. With with like the forehead of his helmet, I, I'm not going to call it the crown because it wasn't, but it was towards the top. It was not face mask to face mask, but the thing is, it was such a glancing blow, it was not targeted. He was not trying to hit him in the head, right. even if that is where it went. That's the, that's the thing that drives me the most crazy about targeting, is that you cannot judge whether or not a kid was trying to hit somebody else in the head. Because sometimes, like, guys duck at the same time. They're moving so fast, they cannot react fast enough to get their heads out of the way in those scenarios.
1: A loss for Alabama on Saturday, Tennessee with a big win. What a big win that does for Tennessee to be, to tell the world, like, it's legitimate.
3: They're legitimate for We're the first legit. time in yeah. several years. We're so, legit.
1: We've never beat Saban before. Several decades.
2: So, so let me tell you this. So uh, my girlfriend, Michelle, uh, big Alabama fan, Her all of her family are Alabama fans. Uh, i was watching the game at her house she actually told me at one point i had to shut up because i was in her house but i wasn't cheering for tennessee (laughs) i was against (laughs) man i I was talking football i was like i was i was saying something i feel it but it probably my vocal tone probably seemed like i was a little more slanted yeah yeah and uh i was told i had to shut up but then i jinxed it so alabama's driving and they get in field goal range and i tell her i said well the one big difference is y'all actually have a kicker this year. I was like, uh, Will Will, Will Reichert has been one of the best in the country. He's, he was the number one kicker when y'all got him. I, you know, y'all are in pretty good shape right here. And she made the comment that I jinxed it, and sure enough, he shanks one. I mean, uh, of all the times for for yeah. to – He's now two to, of his
1: last six. He's yeah, kind of for, gotten you know, to, to a little bit of a funk. Yeah, like but, that. Uh, yeah.
2: So, but, he, but then, you know – for him and Hooker to just, you know, just bam, bam, bam. I mean, right down the field to set them up. like, good heavens. I, I mean, that was
3: just. It's tough.
2: That was so I, incredible to 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 do
3: that against he's Alabama. He's good. And make it look he, that He has easy. launched himself to the front of yeah. the Heisman discussion with that. To
2: make it look that easy to get into field goal range. Was incredible. And then, of course, the final field goal was in one of the ugliest game winning oh, field goals you could gosh. ever possibly see. A, a, a sideways spinning knuckleball duck that barely got over but the crossbar. In, and but it got in. Got and the job the goal done. Post got came the job down. Down. That's right. Thrown in the river.
1: All right, we've got more to go. One hour has concluded. Still two to go. A lot to discuss, including your phone call. So Auburn football, a bye week now, but they get set for Arkansas next week. Alongside Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. My name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling.
0: One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications proudly presents Sports Call. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the Plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy. Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. We hope that you're doing well on this Monday, talking about the week that was in week seven of the college football season. The Auburn Tigers lose by two touchdowns. To Ole Miss on Saturday, Alabama knocked off by Tennessee, a three-point victory for the Volunteers there on Rocky Top. We saw some other results from across the league, a top 25 battle between Kentucky and Mississippi State, LSU and Florida went head-to-head, Arkansas with the win over BYU, a lot of good football being played in the SEC this time of year, but Tom, here in the state, People love to focus on Auburn and Alabama. Yeah. Auburn losing by two touchdowns, but Alabama for the first time in 15 years were defeated by Tennessee.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, an incredible game and an incredible scene up there in Knoxville. Them rushing the field, tearing the goalpost down, yeah. taking the goalpost out and dumping them in the river. Had some friends that were a it, part of it. It was the, the scene there in Knoxville was very reminiscent of Auburn's kick six game, of just the. Uh, just the instant, just jubilation of excitement. Now, yeah. granted, it means they,
4: I bet it means so much more for them. Well, so. seeing that's the
2: thing, it, you know, the kick six game. It was not Auburn. That was not Auburn winning for the first time in fifteen in, yeah. times. But it was that just the game meant so much uh, for both sides on that, and and that's the kick six game. And this game, you know, with the two highly rated teams going after it, and then of course just for Tennessee. Uh, finally getting that monkey off their back yeah. after 15. It's incredible. It's, it's been huge. 15 seasons.
1: 15 years. And they've so,
2: they've come so close. Had never beaten Saban. So close uh. several times. I, I still remember a game-winning field goal in Mount Cody blocking a game-winning right. field goal. And I'm like, goodness. I mean, Tennessee just can't catch a break. And then, of course.
1: They've t- also got obliterated some and, years. And, and, years well, and, I was, and, and I was just about yeah. to say,
2: and then Tennessee has had their lean years where they've just gotten destroyed and just not even competitive. Jeremy Pruitt's got Tennessee doing some good things. And, uh, I mean, they've got a great – Josh, Heupel. Uh, Josh Heupel. I mean, Josh Heupel. I'm sorry. Um, Jeremy Pruitt wish he what, could be doing Yeah, it. Jeremy Pruitt wish he could be doing what he's doing. <laughs> Josh Heupel um, doing some great things there with them. And, and, you know, Hendon Hooker, the quarterback, he's he's one of the top Heisman guys right now, as he should
1: be. I mean, the kid looks incredible. and uh, Had not thrown an interception all season until Saturday. Did throw a pick. Yep. But was still remarkable in the still outing. Five touchdowns. Jalen yeah, Hyatt had uh, a great day. That's the wideout <laughs> spot as Jaylen, well. Jalen Hyatt had a pretty darn good day. Yeah. Humongous <laughs> showing. All right, let's take some phone calls 334 887 3401 or toll free at 1 Tiger 9 to be on the program as we go to the phone lines.
0: Luke from Alex City.
1: Luke has called into the program today. Hello, Luke. Hey, guys.
0: How are
6: y'all doing?
1: Very well. We're Thank very you for well, asking. Sir.
6: Uh, a couple of things. First of all, I couldn't disagree more about the past interference. No call. No doubt about it. But, again, I know some people agree to disagree and it's a judgment thing. Um, and like Saban said in his press conference, I just, you would wish for more consistency because there were certainly a lot of other instances uh, on the other side where they they just wouldn't throw the flag. You know, there's a great video about Isaiah Bond being uh, ripped down while his face mask is being grabbed. But, you know, That's all part of it, and in the end, um, Alabama still had the shot. I mean, Jameer Gibbs, he played a wonderful game. He dropped a pass uh, on a little V route that if he catches it, he might even score uh, on the final drive. Uh, The other problem is why in the world did Alabama throw throw the ball three times when they got in field goal range when they could have run the ball and gotten a little closer and one clock? Uh, it, the fact that they threw the ball and had three incompletions was the reason Tennessee had time to come down and kick the field goal. And then, of course, they missed the field goal. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that the, the targeting was targeting. In fact, I was with a big group of people, and we all said, yeah, they'll get this right. I mean, they'll they'll see this. because They even had a commercial break, if I remember right. And I said, they'll get this right. And, of course, they at first they all thought it was targeting. Then they tried to explain it away. But uh, the other thing that's interesting, this is the same referee and crew that did the Auburn-Arkansas game yes. where Bo Nix spikes it backwards. It's also the same crew from last year, uh, Alabama-Texas A&M, where Malachi Moore was taken out of the game on the game's second play because of a very iffy targeting. they have lost him. Yeah. It, refereeing is completely inconsistent and as bad as it's ever been. And I generally like to take up for them because without officials, you don't have a game. So we, we can't just dog them every single time. We've got we've to gotta give them some leeway. And I'm all for taking a review out of the game. I thought that you know there were a couple of touchdowns Tennessee scored that were clearly touchdowns, and yet we have to dis- destroy the momentum of the moment and delay the game just to be double and triple sure that those are touchdowns when you can't review something like a pass interference or, um, you know, some other plays that are that are questionable because they just, quote-unquote, aren't as reviewable and therefore aren't as important.
2: Yeah, so I, I agree that consistency uh, in the officiating, uh, officiating needs to be there. And I've seen there's been plenty of times with Auburn games. Uh, I've seen some times where Auburn guys are just – just blatantly getting held on the edge and and there's no flag thrown uh i've seen that with that i've seen that with alabama i mean throughout the sec i've seen times where there should be flags called and i've seen times where you know flags are thrown and you're just scratching your head at what they're looking at so consistency needs to be there um and then you know when it comes to like the the instant replay stuff i'm I'm more. I'm more in the line of not getting rid of it, but the opposite is, everything needs to be up for review. If you want to get it right, then you get it right. It, it may. It may. It may extend. It may extend the games. It the games will end up being longer, and it may take some momentum out. But I would much rather them get it right than have just something completely egregious like what happened against back many years ago. Auburn against uh, Vanderbilt in in Nashville, where they they awarded ten or they awarded Vanderbilt a touchdown on a pass that the guy never even caught the ball. I mean, the ball bounced out of his hands and it was bouncing over near the bleachers, and, and they called it a touchdown. I mean, that that's the type of stuff that has to be reviewed. And so, I think you probably need, if anything, you need to expand out the the review process and and review some of the things that they're saying right now are not being reviewed.
6: But I'll tell you. I- I couldn't disagree more because I I think that, um, you know, we have the, the quarterbacks throw interceptions, the receivers drop balls, the linemen miss blocks, the officials are going to miss some calls. And, again, I have no problem saying I thought the officiating Saturday was a bore. And there's something blatantly weird. Again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't think there's anybody against anybody. I don't think anybody paid anybody off, nothing like that. But there's something weird about the fact no no offensive lineman this year has been called for holding against Will Anderson or Dallas Hunter. Not one. They played seven games. Um, that's very weird. But Alabama has only drawn, I think it's four pass interference penalties. Two of them were against Vanderbilt when Alabama was up 40. There's something weird about that. But it could just be the world's strangest coincidence. It could be. Um, but what I'm tired of is these these replays that end up taking forever that are generally quite obvious. And, boy, I'd forgotten for a moment what um, Tony from Tuskegee said about the having to replay to watch that it was fourth down. And, it, and it, again, the, I've just never seen that before. They had to go back. Like, they had a DVR and watch the four downs. That's just amazingly <laughs> yeah. stupid. And oh, that's just bad. And yeah. it's, <laughs> it's so bad. And then, again, going back to that pass interference call, there's a new angle from the end zone where the official who ended up ended up saying it was passing interference. He initially called it incomplete, and then he didn't throw the penalty until Kuewa did intercept it was on the 30 yard line of tennis, of Alabama. And they, then they huddled, and if you remember, they said uh, on the return, passing interference. Uh, and again, maybe it's a slip of the tongue, but it's just weird. That's all I'm saying. I'm not accusing anybody of anything See, this crew has proven now, I just laid out three games where they've been horrible in all three of them, I think they deserve at the very least, don't give them Alabama Tennessee when both are undefeated give them Missouri Vandy
1: yeah no, yeah, all four trying to fix some of these officiating snafus and, and whatnot moving forward and the, the DVR point is hilarious that we're having to count downs at this point
6: I mean that's and what was even funnier, the guy that was holding the electronic uh, down marker. If you, they kept showing him, and the official kept asking him. You could tell he was asking him, "Are you sure? It's third down now? Because he had the three up on the electronic thing." <laughs> yeah, it's and and I was like, "Why are y'all asking him? He, <laughs> he's wearing Tennessee Volunteer underwear." I mean, don't count the four for the love of God.
1: So Goodness anyway, gracious.
6: I just thought it was interesting. And again, everybody. Gets...
1: Having a hard time hearing any, you, Luke. We're any. breaking up. You gotcha? Okay. Sorry Sorry about that. Yep. We'll hear from you. All right. That's uh, Luke from Alex City joining us there on the program. 334 3401. Or toll free at 1 9 Tiger 9. I remember what he's talking about. And the people that just hold the down marker. Yeah. That's just a stadium employee. And yeah. that is a uh he probably is wearing Genesee volunteer underwear. And yeah. Let's just count some downs at this point. Right. And and, and reviews versus non-reviews, that's gonna be something that is never, never settled go. yeah. one way or oh, another. Tom, absolutely. I totally see what you're saying, man. Let's get every single call right. But I totally get what Luke's saying. That's gonna take forever and yeah. a quarterback. Makes a bad pass. Right. A lineman misses a block. A running back doesn't know where to run. The wide receiver, you know, like the it's. You're a human. You're gonna mess up from time to time. Some of that is gonna happen well, in games like these. Well, what I
2: my my point with that is, I would rather expand it than get rid of it because you have to have it. It's something that you have to have to get crucial plays correct. Obviously, I don't want them reviewing every single play. That that's ridiculous. But I would rather do that than completely get rid of it. So um the thing is with the reviews whenever those reviews do pop up they need to figure out a way to get to expedite it speed the speed that thing yeah. up a little bit i mean you can sit there as fans you can watch one replay on tv and, and pretty nope. much see yeah. well that's what it was and it's like all right well that's the call but now you got to look at five or six different angles of the exact same thing and every single one of them shows no that's what happened and it's like jeez all you needed to do was look at it the one time, and that was it. And it's very definitive what happened with just one look. But then you end up taking five minutes to try to review something that seems obvious. Uh, that That's where I have issues with the instant replay.
3: It's always very funny to me. Whenever I go, I, like, I, I go to Auburn games all the time, and I see, okay, the official says, hey, the previous play is under further review. That's fine. You've got a 250-foot wide TV screen right up there, and he comes over and looks at this little iPad. <laughs> like, why, yeah. why, do you, why do you have to go over and look? That's part of the problem is it takes him five minutes to jog across the field because there's one iPad and it's in one spot and you got to go to it. Uh, That's a good point. And you can't just watch the Jumbotron, man. I, like, I understand that not every major school has a giant Jumbotron, but most Division I football programs have a big-ass TV at some at some end zone that you can look up and see, and it's probably more clear than whatever tablet you're going to look at that's just another dumb thing to me that that officiating is i think all of this can be fixed or not all of it but a large part of it add another official have them stay in the box and have a direct line down to every official and say hey you missed this call on this play don't worry about reviewing it that this guy's got a bird's eye view he's got a better view than every other official on the field you put that guy up in the box and let him or her i don't care make calls uh, that were just blatantly missed uh and if One of the refs on the field says, hey, I know what you're talking about. It didn't look like that. You know, discuss it because you're already already discussing stuff. So let's just add another person to that discussion that has a better view than everybody else. This person can see, hey, you missed this holding call that was on the right side of the line because you were looking at the left side of the line. That's perfectly understandable. Like Luke says, everybody's human. People are going to miss calls. So just put somebody up there with a bird's eye view. They have a better view. They have there's a billion cameras around that stadium. Why do none of the officials have the benefit of using them? Right, it, using them live maybe. So it let's. I, I think you can expedite that process just by adding one person, maybe two more, up in that booth.
1: Please give us a phone call 334-887-3401, Talking a good bit about the Alabama and Tennessee game as is the rest of the country because it was such a big game and it's got a lot of potential playoff implications if we were to fast forward a few weeks and that sort of thing and let's not have this be missed i I do want to talk about this for one brief moment guys And, and part of it a little part of it is because i'm a fan of a national football league team that doesn't know what the quarterback position is this season in 2022 unfortunately but guys Bryce Young was incredible yeah, on he was Saturday. Good. He played 35 he of 52 for 455 yards, two scores, no turnovers. Bryce Young had not played the last few weeks with the shoulder injury. Are you going to see Bryce Young back or not? How is his shoulder going to be impacted from the first time he was hit? He was drilled throughout the yeah, he game. Was. He's not an intimidating figure in terms of his size and how big this guy is out there on the football field. And uh, we know this because he's the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. But, man, that's a really fun guy to watch in college football. He's very, good. He's making plays, man. He's very good. The one
2: thing thing that is so fun to watch him, uh, and and I'll also say with Hendon Hooker, too, just when you watch them going head-to-head like that. Now, obviously, you're benefiting from – we're going back to to Alabama and Bryce – He is benefiting from the fact that he has a really, really good offensive line in front of him. That's one thing that Auburn's quarterbacks don't have. However, with that being said, even with that good offensive line, he just looks so comfortable in his body. Mm -hmm. He looks so comfortable in his technique. He looks so comfortable with the guys that are around him that he just never looks like he is flustered at all. Even even when stuff is breaking down around him, he doesn't feel like it. You don't feel like he's flustered, and it's like he has the – he kind of has that, that quarterback it factor of where you can feel stuff oh, happening yeah. without even looking at it. And so you'll see a guy coming up on his blind side, and you're like, oh gosh, he's, he's about done. to get destroyed. And then he just slides right up into the pocket like you're supposed to. Alabama offense. It, and, and it's like, I mean, he never saw him come, but he felt it. He could yeah. feel the guy coming, bearing down on him, and he slides up in the pocket. Some of that, you either have it or you don't, right? Yeah, and he's got it. Slides up in the pocket away from where the pressure is at, sets his feet and fires a dart. And it's like, oh my gosh! I mean, that's just that's next level quarterback right there to be able to sense what's going on and not even looking at it. Yeah, you know, as opposed to like, holy crap, let me run for my life. I mean, he just he just so smooth with what he does. But now I'm seeing a lot of that with that with Hendon Hooker. You didn't feel like he ever panic. I don't think I ever really saw panic from him, uh, and I mean that's a darn good defensive front that was coming at him in the linebackers. And we know Alabama likes to do a lot of weird, shifty things, and and they'll stunts a lot of stunts, a lot a of crosses. Lot of stunts yeah. and crosses on a lot of things that will just absolutely confuse the mess out of an offensive line from just a blocking uh, scheme standpoint right. on who you're supposed to get. Yeah, your assignments. Yeah, they, they, you know, your assignments. They really jack you up with that. He never felt like just looking at, at, at Hinton Hooker. I mean, he just it felt comfortable. It just when they got I'm when they got the ball back after that missed field goal, it didn't feel like that they were going to mess up. For some reason, it yeah. felt like they were about to do this. And sure enough, I mean, it just I mean, just bam bam bam. Yeah. And I, and they did the thing. Yeah, I mean,
4: the the Alabama offense really looks like night and day with Bryce Young under center. I mean, uh, just, oh yeah. I mean completely different. Compared to the Texas A and M game, and so that's, I mean, well again, you see, I mean, that's just the biggest factor is Bryce Young because you wonder if Jalen Milrow plays. That's a I blowout. Mean, that's
2: probably a blowout. It's a blowout. Right? Out. That's
4: probably an absolute beatdown.
2: Bama gets their doors blown off. Yeah, with for sure, for sure. Yeah. But but again, when you when you saw Milrow in there. He had the panic factor. Yeah, and it's a it, completely
4: it, it, different. It's yeah. so much more run heavy. Yeah. with
2: with Milrow. With, with Milrow, you you saw the panic factor. You saw the forced throws. You saw him like bust out of the pocket way yeah. too quick yeah. and trying to force things or just trying to. It, it just it never felt comfortable with him in there watching him throw it. Just it felt like he was always on on the the verge uh, of that kind of panic run or just busting loose and running. Now th- that kid could move. He's, he's got some wheels on him, but the throwing aspect yeah, of it. The there's th-
1: still time for Milrow to develop those things. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's just, it's It's night, it's and, day. night and day. I, day I, I wanted to make two, sure yeah. we walked away with a little bit of praise for Bryce Young, and if wearing a Carolina yeah. Panthers helmet in his future is in the deck of cards, I would be okay with that. Well, well
3: you're going to be up towards the top of
2: the draft. <laughs> so. well, he's got one less wide receiver to throw to now. That's
1: right. <laughs> all right, uh, with Anderson being shipped off, yeah. that's right. Um, let's. Uh, we got Luke back connected with us. A poor connection a little bit earlier. Luke from Alex City is there for us. Hey, Luke. Hey, I, I hate to call you right back,
6: but I just wanted to say a couple more things. First of all, yeah, I think the point about Bryce are certainly valid. He is, I think he's the best quarterback in Alabama history. I really do. Um, and while I understand the offensive line is, uh, highly rated, this offensive line is anywhere close to some of the Joe Moore award winning lines of, uh, 2020 or something like that. Sure. Um, this, this offensive line is way worse than that. And, and he doesn't really have, like, Cameron Latchy pretty good, but he's not Erb Smith or OJ Howard. And he certainly doesn't have uh, the quadruple receivers of Ruggs, Judy, Waddle, and Devontae Smith. And yeah. if Bryce Young had, had had those dudes, I mean, I, I think he'd be setting every record known to man. Um, not that Tua wasn't good. Tua was amazing. But I think Bryce is, Bryce is just so cool under pressure, um, and he's a ton of fun to watch. And was one other thing I wanted to bring up. And again, just like I was saying, sometimes things are weird. It is very odd. Alabama is dead last in NCAA uh, in terms of penalties received. They set a record at, ten- at Texas with 15, and they broke that record with 17 this year at Tennessee. That's just very odd. But here's something Brad Edwards tweeted out earlier today, that um, field goal kickers the last four years Alabama of Alabama's opponents are 61 of 67 for like 92%. Wow. No field goal kicker is ever that good. And it's just, you can't explain it. You can't, there's no scientific reasoning behind it. There's nothing you can say about it. But kickers make their kicks against Alabama at, at, at a pace never never seen before. And it's just a weird anomaly. But um, it, it's, it's something that's so odd, especially when you consider how many times Alabama has lost a game because of the kickers from other team or because they missed their own kicks. It's just, uh, uh, you know, Alabama's Achilles' heel, either way you want to look at it. But I just want to throw those two points out. That stat blew my mind today, and Brad Edwards just randomly tweeted it.
1: Yeah, thanks for the call, Luke. Good to hear from you, buddy. That's, all, all right, that's Luke from Alex City joining us there on the program. 61 of 67, pretty good for your opponents. Uh, one of those makes, of course, being what we called a... Um, Wobbly duck? What do you want to call it? What? What Chase mccraft It
3: was a knuckleball. It was a knuckleball. a knuckleball. Yeah, I
1: mean that was uh but made it got it, over. It, it, made, Bare, it, made, barely it barely barely made it barely made it. Three points is three points. Three points is three I, points, and a win is a win. From that camera angle
2: behind the line of scrimmage, when it went off, I thought it. Blo- I thought Alabama blocked it. Yeah, I, yeah. Did too. I, 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 did I was too. like, oh my gosh, they blocked it, and then it just kind of kept going. And if you went back, I, I, Cole Kubelik had a good one on the on Twitter, but uh, forty-seven for for Bama. I mean, inches. Yeah. Inches from it. Now, I also question whether that would have been legal because I didn't think you could use. The leaping? Way. Well, so he didn't like leap over,
3: like directly yeah. over. That's, that's what it is. You can't jump over, over somebody. You can jump straight up.
2: You well, well, so what he did, and this is where my confusion, and there's a lot of people that were confused about the rule on it. It, like it matters because he didn't block the kick. But uh, <laughs> what he did is he jumped the gap, but he put his hands on the back of oh, either he? of either guy from Tennessee who was still down and snap uh, in, in their stance and used their backs as leverage to jump in between them, which then freed him up to be right in front of the kicker, and he missed it by inches. So my question is, if he had blocked that was that a legal play like it matters. I mean, he didn't block it, but I mean, it was inches, inches away from blocking it.
1: Let's go ahead and we'll take our next time out here on the program today. When we come back, Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers joins sports Call next here on WTGZ tiger 95.9 FM.
0: All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on sports call.
1: We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our
0: program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9.
1: The Sports Call Podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live, or if you want to hear something again, make sure that you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk, Coca-Cola Taste the Feeling. Sports Call is available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or you can find the podcast on our Tiger Communications app. Let's go to our phone lines right now. And joining us on the program, we've got our good friend Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers here to talk SEC and Auburn football with us on this Monday. Jason, the time each week is greatly appreciated. Hope that you had a good weekend. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from what we saw on Saturday at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium?
9: Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I just kind of, kind of torn over that one. You look at it, and I, you know, I had questions about Ole Mr. defense going in. Um, those questions proved to be valid because Auburn was able to run the ball pretty much at will against Ole Miss. Um, that, you know, it, and I thought the offense would, would have some opportunities and, and they did. They took advantage of those and did some good things. I just continue to be just kind of blown away by Auburn's struggles on defense in the run game. Um, and people being able to run the ball at this team and Saturday, I mean, to the team of 448 yards, um, the last two games, I think 790 yards and nine touchdowns rushing in the last two games against this Auburn defense, and you know this is the guys that were back, and um, you know we had questions about Auburn's depth on defense, and it showed up Saturday. According to Pro Football Focus, Auburn played 19 total defensive players Saturday against a team that ran the ball 69 times and used tempo. I mean that that was a that was a, a pretty tough game in terms of, of pace and doing some of those things, and. Um, there wasn't much, was much depth showing up, and that's been kind of the, the situation for this team. And um, so, you know, I thought there were some things that you did, and you went, "Hey, that was a And you look up, and you still lost by two touchdowns at Ole Miss. And so, um, you know, that's that's you know that yeah, you take one one step forward, a couple of steps back, probably a couple of couple of more steps forward on offense, but it wasn't nearly enough to overcome the defense on Saturday.
1: You mentioned those numbers, Jason, on the defensive side of the football for Auburn, and 19 players being out there on the field. What What is a good number traditionally that you would like to see from a defensive unit that would make you feel comfortable? And then are there any particular position groups that you would like to see more players being able to contribute and be on the field?
9: Well, in a perfect world, you'd be able to see more on the defensive front. That's where it starts. That's where those guys it's a lot more physical especially against that kind of team and they just for whatever reason they didn't do it last year um when they had more bodies and they they haven't been able to get more of those guys on the field in bigger roles this year you know guys like you know like jeffrey imbo we haven't seen much of we haven't seen you know um you know uh you know a couple other guys i mean there's some opportunities there we just haven't seen that we heard a lot about marsh joseph in the preseason and he's about you know four or five snaps a game kind of on average is what he does And so you look and just just the lack of um, of rotation, and, and it's something they carried over from last year. You know that that was an issue for them a year ago, It's been more of an issue this year. Uh, and because you know when you when you struggle offensively, it, it puts you in those situations. And Saturday wasn't even one of those days. Auburn did not struggle offensively. They did early on um, a couple of those early turnovers, but you know it almost stole the possession on on the onside kick, which was a big deal in that game. Um, they gave them an extra possession, but. Um, you know, Auburn ran the football. They moved the football and, and they did some things on offense Saturday. And so, um, you know, I think you look at a, at a number, you know, you're looking at, at defensive fronts. You'd like to go a couple deep at every position and maybe a third guy at a few of those. So, I mean, you start talking about, you know, having, you know, four or five guys mixing in with linebackers up front. You're talking about 10 or 12 guys up front alone in a perfect world.
3: Jason, you touched on it a little bit. The offense did have more success, uh, especially in the ground game. What did Auburn do differently in this game from an offensive standpoint to have more success? Or was it just Ole Miss's defensive front isn't as good as the ones that Auburn have seen so far?
9: Yeah, yeah. I I don't, yeah, I think, you know, LSU, I didn't think LSU was very good either. I thought they were better. Missouri's, I think Missouri's defensive front was was much better than Ole Miss, um, to be quite honest. And so, um, obviously Georgia's was better even without um you know Jalen Carter in the middle um so you you seen some better ones the good news for Auburn is is Arkansas is not going to be much better than Ole Miss so you got an opportunity here in a couple of weeks to build on some things and actually move the football on the ground against a team like that you know you look in, in Texas A&M Mississippi State are probably better up front than those teams Alabama's better than those teams and so um you got to find a way to, to create some offense but I think you know Probably in the bye week, Arkansas is a team that you can actually do some things against as well. But you know, Jeremiah Wright at guard, um, I think was was a very much a positive move for Auburn, getting him in the mix, and he was physical and did some good things in the ground game. So um, I think it was more about you know just getting them getting to the second level and and, and creating some running room and 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 being able to stick with the running game, um, you know, than you know, something they couldn't do in the past couple of weeks.
2: Uh, looking at Tank Bigsby, I you know he's a guy that. Uh, Auburn fans, and you know, you've seen it all on the message board and heard it. You know, giving the ball, giving the ball, giving the ball. Uh, it, the performance he had uh, this weekend was it more of actually feeding him the ball, or was, or do you feel like the offensive line was actually giving them more room to do some stuff with Tank than they have in the past?
9: Yeah, he he made a couple of good runs. There was some there was some room there. I thought guys got to the second level uh, a little bit more than we've seen in the past few weeks, which is a big deal. So they were able to do some of those things as well, and so. Uh, I thought that was uh, a positive, for Tank. You know, um, you know, just runs where you, where you, where he was able to to break containment originally and kind of get around the corner, do some of those things. That was that's probably the biggest deal. He was able to get to that second level.
1: What an effective game it was for Tank Bigsby to get back. And uh, also, you talk about the quarterback play each and every week. We saw the one drive from T.J. Finley, and then Robbie Ashford kind of settled down a little bit. What'd you make of uh, the quarterback play for Auburn, Jason?
9: yeah I thought Robbie did some good things, but you know it's still the it's still the turnover issue that's still the biggest thing for this team and you, know, you have you know a couple more on on saturday um you know and, and you know the screen pass um I didn't love the call to be quite honest, even though there was a blitz coming, it would have been you know a pretty good call, but you know you just had a couple of really successful runs, and you know that's just not Robbie's strength right now is the short touch game that's just not where he's excelling and um you know that led to an interception turnover. And you have you know, Finley's turnover there. The late interception was, was a nothing. I mean, that was it was already, you're, you're having to force the issue on a fourth down there. But I thought Robbie did some good things. It's still you know, ball security. Um, you know, for this team, you know, had another fumble that, that they recovered and got back. But, um, you know, I thought it was a step in the right direction for him. Uh, he still continued to do some things in the past game. But, you know, this team, when you run the ball, ball for 300 yards, you're going to have some open guys in the secondary, and that's what Auburn had on Saturday. Robbie made a few of those plays. Um, it all comes back to running into football, and, and they were able to do that some. And I, Again, I think they'll have some opportunities against Arkansas here in a couple of weeks as well.
2: All right, Jason. Now that this game is behind us, a big million-dollar question so many Auburn fans are looking at is, is where do you go from here? Uh, obviously with Brian Harsin, uh, definitely on the hot seat, a lot of people figured that, a decision could be made here in the bye week, and but now I'm hearing that it could be end of the season, or it could not even be him getting gone at all, and coaching in 2023. Just from your standpoint, what are you hearing? What are your thoughts uh, on the future of Brian Harson here at Auburn? And uh, yeah, just kind of fill the Auburn fans in on what you're hearing and what you're feeling.
9: Yeah, it's pretty quiet right now. To be quite honest, I think you know a lot of the focus right now is on you know filling the the, the vacant athletic director job and. I don't get the feeling that anything is going to be done from a coaching standpoint until that happens. And then, you know, when you, when you do that first, um, you know, then you, you bring a guy in and go, okay, fire the, fire the head coach. I, I don't know that, that you do that right away. And so I, I feel like right now that, that at a minimum, it's going to be the end of the year and then they'll look at it, see what happens. And, um, you know, yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm, I mean, I still feel like that a move is probably going to be made. But I don't think it's I don't think it's 100% to be quite honest and and so um, you bring in a new athletic director, director in and go hey put your stamp on it see what happens and if if they feel like hey we need to see more of this then I, I'm I, I fully believe right now there's a possibility that could be a third year and, and and see what happens going forward
1: Tell us what you thought about that Alabama and Tennessee game from Saturday <laughs> Jason
9: you no. Know, it's kind of I will not say I expected 52-49 or whatever it was, but Tennessee was was the one team that had the ability to challenge Alabama and Georgia because they could score. And that showed up on Saturday. Now, their defense isn't very good, but they can score points and they can score them in bunches. And you know, this is an Alabama defense that hasn't been great despite having some really good pieces. I think Georgia's defense is a better overall defense. Um, Georgia can run the ball, uh, and they will run it a little bit more than Alabama, which I think is a good a good idea to kind of take that Tennessee offense off the field as much as possible, but um, not a surprise that you know seeing what Tennessee did, what they did. Um, I thought they're, you know, with with what they've done and this the quarterback position, uh, spreading the field, tempo, and throwing the ball around. Um, they're a really dangerous football team, um, much like Ole Miss. I don't know if they're good enough, at you know, on both sides of the ball to compete when the push comes to shove at the end of the year. But they're good enough on a Saturday to go out there and scare somebody. And, and they did more of that against Alabama.
1: What can we find at auburnundercover.com this week?
3: Yeah,
9: lots of, you know, lots of things. Well, we do it kind of reassessing the roster, recruiting, kind of everything in between baseball, basketball, and more. So you find us there at Auburn Undercover, um, auburn 247, AU Tigers. All will get you there. And also follow me on Twitter at ITATJason.
1: Thanks so much for the visit. We'll talk to you next week, Jason. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, that's Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers, and he's joining us here on Sports Call. Really good thoughts and insights there, and man, that would be a major shift, but it's becoming more the norm, it seems, from folks that really do a great job of covering this program. Could it be that we play out the season with Brian Harson as the head football coach? And Could year year three be possible as well? Stranger things have happened, that's for sure. We'll be back with more sports call right after this.
4: Follow us on tweeters.
1: Follow
0: our sports call host, JJ Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at sports call AU.
10: Hashtag, is that two words?
9: I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger
2: 95.9.
1: Welcome back in. It's Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson with Tom Peavy, Cam Berry, and Brant Daughtry. Our thanks again to Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers for joining us on the show today uh, a lot of good phone calls already and yeah we're continuing to talk about changes with this auburn athletics department the narrative now is let's find an athletic director yeah which is a fair narrative to have we should have been having this uh more of a focus over the past several weeks yeah i need that need need, need
4: somebody leading
1: someone's got to call the shots yeah someone's got to call the shots and then uh, figure out what exactly the future of your head football coach is going to be. Yeah. And, and right now, uh,
2: you know, the, the talk is uh, two particular guys. And, and uh, one of them is the current interim in Rich McGlynn. Uh, he's been heavily talked about as taking the interim tag off of him. Uh, and then the other big name that is out there is John Hartwell, who is currently the athletics director at Utah state. And, uh, Hartwell's connection is he is from the Mobile, Alabama area. He was previously an AD at Troy. Uh, parents and grandparents all went to Auburn. He's grown up a huge Auburn fan, uh, has, very, has very openly talked about his love for Auburn University and has said that he would definitely listen if somebody uh, contacted him about the job. And so those are really the only two names I've heard is John Hartwell and Rich McGlynn. Now, are there other names out there that they're looking at? I'm sure there probably are. Those are the two main ones. Now, the situation that you get in when you're talking about Brian Harson and his future, if you hire a guy like John Hartwell from Utah State to come in here, do you want the very first thing that he has to do is to fire the head coach? That, that really puts him in a sticky situation when you're brand new AD, you're right in the door, and the first thing you do is make the biggest coaching decision possibly in Auburn University football history. You're going to be tasked with that like from like. ask yourself
1: that question as a human as a human strip aside titles. I'm meeting somebody for the first time. You're fired. Yeah. Who wants to do that?
2: Yeah. Nobody wants to be in that position. Who
1: wants to as a human? Yeah. Who wants to do that?
2: Right. But, uh, but sometimes but, the job responsibility and, yeah, and requires that.
1: Sometimes you have
2: to do that. Um, sometimes you have to make those tough decisions, and whoever is the next AD, whether it be John Hartwell, Rich McGlynn, or anybody else out there, uh, eventually a decision is going to have to be made. Uh, I, I, Just my personal opinion is I think it would be a mistake to try to keep this going because uh, – the and it's mainly the recruiting. The wins and losses are, are troublesome just because – You know, you hate to lose and you look at the roster and you understand that a lot of this is carryover from Gus Malzahn. But you also look at the fact that this is his second year. Uh, Look what's happening in Tennessee with a second-year coach right now. Uh, There's no signs that things are getting better in the transfer portal. There's no signs that things are getting better on the recruiting front with this staff. So all you look at is things are going to keep getting worse. You just don't feel like there's any positive momentum with that football program at the moment. Can he turn it around in year three? Maybe I don't know with what players he's going to turn it around with, but sure, maybe he could. But eventually, I think a decision is going to have to be made. Uh, unfortunately, I, I just I have lost the confidence yeah. in, in the staff. So even if you have him here in twenty twenty three, I think you're looking for a coach in twenty four. So, why not go ahead and rip the band aid off and do it now?
1: Let's get to the phone lines. We've got a uh, retired Wardam Steve's been patiently waiting. 334 3401 or toll free at 1 9 Tiger 9.
0: Wardam Steve.
1: Hello, Steve. We hope you had a great weekend. Thanks for waiting.
0: Good
10: afternoon. And could you please queue up Steve Carell from the office? No, no, <laughs> no. When I heard Jason Callow say that crap about a third year, you must be on uh, some serious medications.
2: It's being talked about as a possibility, though.
10: Possibility? Then, uh, <laughs> everything I've read about Dr. Robertson is out the window. Because I'm reading from uh, Philip Marshall's column today. He says, anything you read about the PTB being involved in this in any serious way is probably wrong. If one thing has become clear through all this, it is that Robertson is his own man who will make his own decision. He is not taking orders from the board, of trustees, or anyone else, In a quote. Okay, so... Uh, if if someone, yeah, you just have a human being, yeah. You know what? You put me in charge an and he's out the damn door. We are ranked below Vanderbilt in commitments.
1: Got to fix that. Yeah. Is that what you want to be? No, you got to fix that. There's no excuse no. for that.
10: Okay. If I can just make it just a little bit worse for you, this comes from uh, Jason Collin and Nathan King today about our defense. This is how bad I heard Jason make the comment. Well, how about this one, guys? The Rebels ran for 448 yards, right?
2: They did. 300-yard uh, rushers.
10: Okay. Well, uh, how about this? That is the second most ever that Ole Miss has run against a Power 5 team, ever, in their history. Wow. Now, he goes on to say uh, uh, it's highly possible that this Auburn defense is in the top three of Auburn's worst defensive performance against the run ever in Auburn history. It is. Okay. Now, this is not what I had thought that Auburn defense would ever come to, to this kind of abysmal performance. And uh, what's remarkable is they actually, the same people, pretty much did much better last year against the run than this year. How's that explainable? Is that coaching? Because the talent, the same people are pretty much there, guys, right? Yeah. Well, you know, this can't, uh, I, I, you know, this just cannot continue. But I can't do anything about it. You can't do anything about it. But when I heard Jason Collins say that crap, I said, oh, my God. Uh, so speaking, to Luke, about uh, the officiating, the officiating sucks everywhere. <laughs> How about that fourth down, damn, damn uh, uh, passing affairs that pretty much, I think, could have turned the ball game around for us because then they'd have to punt. I'm talking about Ole Miss, fourth down and twelve. This was, and yep. they get a pass interference, and our guy actually turned around and looked yeah. for the ball that was, and that was scored was, for it.
4: That was Zion Puckett, yeah, Zion Puckett. That was a really good play.
10: Uh, so that was a game changer, and of course, our uh, coaches did not have our defense aligned. I um, mean, our know, special teams people aligned and in, in correct position. Where I read for that onside kick, they said they were. Uh, pricing for it all week and that and then nobody nobody on our side on the special teams even moved to go and try to get the ball did they?
1: Yeah. Good, good play call there from Lane Kiffin. He's uh, always sneaky with those things and uh, oh pulled it off God. at the right time and stole that extra possession. Three minutes left Steve just to give you a all little right, time don't update.
10: Me, don't get me started okay? Alright. Uh, well, on a lighter note I see Mr. Sir Charles Barkley just got 10 year deal with TNT that is well worth $100 million likely approaches $200 million according to Andrew Marchand from the Washington Post and ESPN. Have you seen that, guys?
1: Yeah, yeah threatened to retire, and he's going to get a payday out of it. Didn't see that, oh man. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh.
10: Well, okay. Uh, wow. Must okay. be terrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe uh, he can pay his bookies off now. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, my knee. But this is how bad it's gotten, guys. Good for him. Okay. We are now... This is the worst that we have allowed in terms of running uh, yards since nineteen—get this now, 1977, 45 years ago.
1: That's a long time.
10: This is Auburn's defense. We're not known for, for, for this kind of bad defense. Yeah. Even 2012 apparently wasn't this bad. Uh, I, I don't know what to make of it. But for someone to even consider, like Jason Caldwell, to say that is even a possibility that we get a 2023 you know, nightmare repeat, Uh, this coaching staff is beyond incredulous to me, guys.
1: And a change could be made. You know, you mentioned the President Roberts being involved in this, uh, you know, and also coaches having to make changes themselves year after year. So, uh, maybe we have another look in the mirror. Maybe it's new coordinators stepping up next year for Brian Harson, or maybe none of this matters, and next thing you know, we'll wake up and uh, Brian Harson was fired overnight with this bye week here. Uh, We'll we'll just continue to take it day by day.
10: I'm going to start uh, I think I'm going to go for a uh, hobby uh, during the remaining football season on Saturdays with Auburn uh, football. I'm going to go to raking leaves.
1: <laughs> As opposed either to having that, to watch the products on the field. That
10: are poking my eyes out uh, because we really should have won that game. We had every opportunity, and we had a better talent, level, I'd say, uh, than, than they did. And Still do, yes. Look, I mean, you know, come on, guys. I, I actually, you know, I resign myself. with was twenty-one nothing. Good. Well, let them be blown out. You know, when Auburn old-
1: has won six years in a row against Ole Miss, eleven of 13, 34 and eleven in the series history all the time. Auburn's a better football program and football school than Ole Miss. You got to win those football games. Yeah. Point blank period the and Auburn. Line, didn't.
10: JJ, we are the two yard line. You're supposed to run it in and get a touchdown. But no, we get backed up and backed up, and we have to settle for a field goal. Remember that one. That, yeah. that, that series, we're on the two yard line, and thank goodness. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm so happy for Tate Bigsby. He deserves better. Oh. He deserves better. The, the the players have not given up. Thank gosh. You know they haven't thrown it in. They haven't mailed it in. Uh that, I applaud them for. Hey but, Steve. Anyway.
2: Hey Steve. You want me to make you uh, even more sick to your stomach? You about You got ten Auburn's seconds to do it. Defense? Go ahead, Tom. All right, Auburn, Auburn has, in seven games this year, Auburn has allowed 19 rushing touchdowns in seven games.
10: Yep, I saw that. Last saw year,
2: that. they allowed eight 18. total in 13 entire games.
10: season. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, you know, business loves company. So, Govolve, uh the damn Braves lost. You know, but at least the Dodgers lost. Yeah. Thanks for them. And uh, that was a heck of a game last, yesterday afternoon. I don't know if you watch it. KC the Bills.
1: Great game. Great game. We'll see you again in the playoffs. Thanks for the All call right, today, Steve.
10: Guys, yeah, uh, I'm back to medications again. So thank you for your time. My time is way up. Have a safe afternoon and uh, War Eagle always, no matter
1: what. War Eagle, that's our power, Tired War amp Steve, joining us there on the program. And that brings us to the end of hour number two of Sports Call. Alongside Tom Peavy, Cam Barry, and Brant Daughtry, my name is JJ Jackson. Two hours of the Bucks, and we're rolling. Final hour of Sports Call. Getting started today. Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson alongside Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. Gentlemen, we've had fun today. We've had a lot of fun here Absolutely. on the show so, so far. Fun. It's always a blast. I mean, we're getting paid to talk about sports. Uh, not much complaining it's, it's here. And to provide a level of entertainment and escape for some folks. Truly the dream. Each and every day uh, on the radio in the afternoon. So, Uh, As we move forward here on today's show, let's give people a Daily Show recap. We've
0: already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. (sighs) Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show recap. Um... Can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said
3: all about the things?
1: All right, our daily show recap here today on Sports Call. Brant, what's happened on the program today?
3: Well, in hour number one, we recapped uh, Auburn versus Ole Miss, a couple of NFL games, and uh, what is most likely going to be the game of the year. Uh, Tennessee versus Alabama. Tennessee coming out with a win in that one. If there's a better game this season, I can't wait to watch it. Might be the Tennessee Georgia game. Might yeah, be. That's going to be. Might a, be that one's going to be. That one's going to be must watch TV for sure. Uh, in the second hour, we took a ton of phone calls, so big thank you to everybody who called in, of course, and uh, also talked to Jason Caldwell of Inside the Auburn Tigers and got his perspective on uh, on the latest. And now, as we start uh, hour number three, we are. Uh, i likely going to do more of the same.
1: Yeah, we are. We're going to take your phone calls. We're going to have best and worst of the weekend. We're going to have a nightly TV guide. We're going to have it all. Uh, we'll circle back, recap the weekend that was in the world of sports uh, taking place this past weekend. Unfortunately, fellas, the season came to a close for the Atlanta Braves. They lost in four games in the National League Division Series against the Philadelphia Phillies. And now... As we exit a year where the Braves have won five straight National League Eastern Division titles, where they celebrate being the 2021 World Series champion, there is one question with Braves baseball. One question, and that is whether How or not... How much is
3: Jacob DeGrom, DeGrom going to cost? Him? On sa- That's a fun one. <laughs> uh,
1: whether or not on Saturday we saw the final game of Dan Swanson yeah, that's in a Braves uniform. Call. Yeah,
3: definitely Dan That's beat. the question. That's the question. Um, I think we bring him
4: back, honestly. I don't see why. not. I mean... He had a very good season. He led the team in batting average. Um, played really well throughout. I mean, he plays great defense. I I think he's one of the vocal leaders on this team. I don't see why we wouldn't bring him back. You know, I get that you have – you could probably put Vaughn Grissom. Von, cause Von Grissom that, is a short yeah, – he's a, a shortstop by position. trade. That's his natural position, his shortstop. So I get that you have him there waiting. But, I mean – I mean, with his he's a part of the core, I, I just I don't I, I, think you
1: should lock him the up. The same and... things were said for Freddie Freeman. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but Freddie
3: Freeman was a lot older than Dansby is at this point. Right. And I, I, I'm with you. I do think they bring Dansby back. If they don't, uh, I'll understand because you do have Vaughn, he's going to be a younger and much cheaper option, right. frankly. But the brass of the team did say that they wanted to expand the payroll. Uh, I do think they want to go out and get a big time free agent, uh, it might be Jacob DeGrom. Uh, to shore up that pitching ro- that It might be that pitching rotation. Um, but I do think that they can re-sign Dansby and get a big-time free agent uh, this offseason. So, wow. But if they don't end up getting Dansby, I'm not going to panic. I saw enough from Von Grissom to make me go that he has, he, yeah, he, he, he can be a part of this core, uh, and he is younger than Dansby. Now, Dansby's not old. He's not no, old by no. any means. He's not 30 yet. Uh, but He is a younger option. He is a cheaper option right now. Wherever Dansby ends up, he's going to be good, but he is certainly not a top five player, I I would say, at his position. Freddie was was an undeniable top three first baseman in Major League Baseball. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that too hard. But uh, Dansby is not. A, he's he's somewhere around top ten. Yeah, for I, would, sure. I would put
4: Dansby top ten.
3: But but he he's really good, and I would love to have him. And like you said, he's a part. He's a leader in the clubhouse. Would love to have him back on the team. But if you don't get him back, it's not the end of the world. But again, I do expect him to be back.
2: Talk to me, Tom. Uh, you know, my thing is, does Vaughn Grissom's play down the stretch of the season give you? things to worry about it's something to think about for and sure because he did yeah. go cold he, he did was, start like, to go cold. very very cold he, he you know, he started out scorching hot and seemed like yeah another one of the future young guys of the, of the team coming up and then he just kind of went away um i, I think the, i i agree i think the braves will try to hang on to dansby and spend money to try to get somebody like degrom to come in uh, there's some other questions out there though. Uh, Kinley Jensen that's that's not a sure thing. only uh, signed either. him
1: on a one- year deal this right. past year.
3: Um, yeah. i do, I do not expect Kinley Jensen to be back. I don't, either. I don't I I wouldn't either. he's He's older. He's a closer who is not as good as he used to be, even though he is still pretty darn good. Um, but he's and, also and, and you Iglesias also signed you signed race you signed Ra yeah, Iglesias, Iglesias to God. a long-term contract when he came over. So I expect that Iglesias is going to be the long- term solution and closer.
2: But then that so but I mean if you that will free up some some yes. areas. Oh, yes. So, so, so. Yeah.
1: and you're still going to need to find another arm in your bullpen. Yeah. Sure. Luke Jackson right. well, missed the entire year. Well, Luke year. Jackson's supposed to be coming back. Tyler Madsik is not going to be available next year. Right. Um that's a major for the entire season. Yeah. I mean, Soroka, having to go through Tommy Soroka's John right now. A question you mark. don't know what you got out of Sarro. Like you got to go find some arms.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I, Luke Jackson is expected to be back now that he I mean he's been rehabbing uh that injury that he had but i mean they're expecting him back uh as long as they keep him out of the closer position he was he, he seemed to be pretty fine as, as that middle reliever guy uh, i didn't have any problems with him there he just he made me sick to my stomach when he would come in as a closer yeah. uh but like you said you've got iglesias there so you know if you don't keep jensen then that frees up some stuff um yeah i you know keeping the core um especially that core of that infield uh I think that that's something that you have to do. I think I think Dansby's just too valuable of a weapon yeah. to try to turn that position of such important position at so shortstop to try to turn that over so right now to, to Grissom. Yeah. Uh. I, I you know, but I don't know what Dansby's going to be asking for. That's the other question. This is see, and this is where the big thing comes in. Is what is Dansby going to be asking for? Because I don't think the Braves are going to want to try to sign him to something that is like a five year or something. I don't think they would expect to have him. He's five. 28
1: years old. 28, so? and he had a career year. I mean, he right. he's going to want to get paid. So he bet on himself this year, and he's so, going to want to get paid. Well, so
2: all right. So but here, so here's what you would have to do if you're the Braves, I believe, you to is Do like if, an eight year. Well, well, I mean, if you lock if you lock him up, and you need to make some moves el- elsewhere, has Grissom done enough that you can make a trade for Grissom? If you're not going to put him in as your shortstop which you, mm. we talked about is his natural position. right? He can play other positions, but, I mean, Albies is coming He's back. He's
4: second base for a little bit, yeah. Are, are, you, are you
2: willing to just keep him around as a bench player and a utility guy that you can fill in uh, the holes? Yes. Or do you use what he has done and shown to make a bigger trade to try to get somebody in? So that, that's the things that uh, Alex Anthopoulos is going to have to look at with that. Um, but I, I feel like they need to go ahead and shore Dansby up. And if they want to sign him to that long deal, then I think you may have to make a move for Grissom just to or or you let Dansby go and Grissom is your guy. I think Pay you're him. gonna have
1: to decide one of those two things. Pay him. Give him all the money. Yeah, oh. I agree. Pay him. Give him all the money. The Braves were ninth in payroll this year. Spend money. Spend there money. The Braves no had three. They've said they're going to. And they've said they're going to spend. Money. Million fans there's no cap space. Went through Truist Park yep. this season and Spend money or if you got it. Women, it there's just there's no reason why to. a fan base that wants to be there and support sure. your team, you can't put the fan favorites out there on the field and support them. That's why the Kenley Jansen questions are there. You're right. If I were to predict what jersey Kenley Jansen's wearing in 2023, it's not brave I would not choose a Braves jersey. Sure, but he should be. Pay the guy. You need a closer. You've got a there who was remarkable in that eighth inning spot. Jansen mm-hmm. led the majors in saves. Pay the guy. You need arms. Go out there. Pay Dansby Swanson and that sort of thing. Let me connect the dots for folks, because the, the, you know my, my my world was blown away when I connected the dots. What is one of the most fastest growing
3: entities? One of the most fastest. <laughs> I'm sorry. That In was.
1: sports, viewership wise, what is what are so many people wanting to talk about these days? A a sport that is just booming. As if of you if
3: you if the answer is pickleball, no, I'm not okay. going pickleball. Okay, I'll although that, said, is that has there. gotten pretty big, <laughs> it has gotten
1: huge. But over the last three or four years, there's a, been a documentary on Netflix
3: that oh, has really F one, F one, okay, yeah, F one racing. Where are you going with this?
1: Formula One racing. Okay, have you noticed the the increase in popularity of Formula One, Tom? No. It's yeah, mindful. It's it's, 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 it's growing it's, like crazy. Really? Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, I have, there there is a Netflix
3: nine. documentary that came out about it, and big, it's big it's, it's gotten now. a lot of American In, fans on
2: board. I see. I, and they're trying to start. I mean, like, I like, yeah, I, I like. I mean, I I can deal with the NASCAR and stuff like that. I've never like gone out of my way and go. Ooh, F one's on. I need to watch no. it. Yeah, F one's going. Big
1: and fun. so ESPN huh. is broadcasting more of the rights, and yep. the Grand Prixs are being televised, That's and that right. sort of thing. Okay, where are you going with this? Yeah, that was my world, question. What in yes, the world JJ. is happening?
2: How, how is Dansby is Dansby
1: going to drive an F one car? Who owns and operates F one?
3: Do not know. Have I, not watched I, the doc. Yeah, I don't know that.
1: Liberty Media Liberty, Liberty. Ah, owns and operates the conglomerate who also one.
3: owns the Braves. There is
1: no excuse why you can't have the largest payroll in baseball.
3: That's yeah. a good point. Spend money. Wow.
1: Are you serious? That's it. Well, well, I'm not a, going to say largest. They but own and operate than. Formula One racing.
3: You just yell sometimes.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm passionate. Pay money. <laughs> well, no, well, that's I, what, I, I but what the what Dodgers. The yeah, Dodgers yeah, are yeah. paying. And they're money. competitive yeah. every year. The yeah, Yankees are absolutely. paying money. And look at them.
2: The Mets just paid a crap ton of money. They paid more money get,
1: this year than the Braves did. Right,
2: and and have already said and still that, lost. It's still lost, but they're but are saying that they're ready to pony up even more. The Astros are paying a lot of money to keep their guys, so I agree. If you don't want to fall into the trap of the Kansas City Royals
3: or the I'm thinking Mar- the Mariners. I think of the Mariners.
2: Mar- well, I'm thinking of the one or hit not the Mariners, but uh the Rays. The Rays. The Rays. Um, you know, a one hit wonder where you, you you pile it all in and you do great for that one year, but then you just it all goes away and then you're digging out of a hole again. And Tom, when you've if you got want the fan it going, race
1: that's yeah. there. 3.1 million people went through the gates at Truist Park this year. I right. was one of them. That's I was insane. Also one of them. You know, like when I you've got it the people game, sure. oh, dude, it was good time. that are going right. to those games, pay money mm-hmm. to let them see their favorite players, to see great players. Sure. Go get Jacob DeGrom. Why not? have the? Wh- hey, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Kenley Jansen. If Iglesias turns out to be the better closer option, awesome. You know who would be one hell of a setup man? Kenley Jansen. Make it work.
3: I don't think Kinley Jansen has. I, I, I don't know if he's ever tried to be a setup guy. You know? Well, let's try and it's figure it out. It's different. Well, you don't want to try and figure out with a guy who's about who's pushing forty.
1: He's getting older. He's getting older for sure, but he's still one of the all-time
3: greats. So Let him close. He's he's great, but he's also old. He's slowing down. <laughs> so That's I don't like. I'm with you. Like spend the money, and the Braves have said they are going to spend the money. Let's not make any mistake. I are Atholus
4: to be strategic and yeah, make the right moves. Guys,
3: guys are going to. It, guys are going to get paid if they play for the Atlanta Braves. And for what it's worth, you already have a very young core locked down for yeah. a very long time. you got guys signed through 2030. So the Braves are going to be around for a long time. Uh, I, I don't think it's a matter of them falling into the trap uh, that uh, the – who did I just say? The Rays have. Good. I think they have paid their young guys. The young guys are going to be around. The core is not going anywhere, so the Braves are going to be a competitor for a while.
1: Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero
3: one. Keith from Auburn.
1: Keith has called into the program. Hey, Keith.
7: Hey, guys. How we doing? Great.
4: How are you? Doing well, sir.
7: Hey, I'm, I'm doing well. And look, I, I caught on to that Formula One uh, outburst about two years ago. Yeah. And went out. I went out and bought me two Formula One cars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you
7: go. <laughs> I did. I, I certainly did. I hadn't raced them yet. I've got them sitting in my Hot Wheels
1: box,
8: <laughs> but uh, I'll bring them out <laughs> for all.
1: There you go.
8: <laughs> hey, guys. Hey. You know, uh, Sunday
7: morning, the sun did come up uh, to some people's, uh, you know, uh, belief.
4: but right, uh right, right.
7: What a crazy uh, football weekend. Was it not? I mean, and look, the the New York Giants
4: are what five and
7: At one. one.
2: Yeah, they're five and one. they're, they're winning. The Jets are the winning. Jets the are 4 Falcons and 2. are winning. What in the world is this happening? <laughs>
4: I've noticed in the NFL, real
7: quick though, uh, maybe other than the Bills. I mean, I mean, and maybe Kansas City. I mean, that was I watched parts that game, but the NFL is there's so much parity in in that. You know, because yeah. you're talking about professional yeah. athletes, and you just don't see. You know, most games are close. There's not any really blowouts. You know, they may be one or two here and there, but kind of crazy. But um, anyway, I want want to get back to Saturday. And, uh, Tom, I saw your post on on Facebook, and I might even commented on it. But, you know, absolutely. Uh, Man, that was a great college football game Saturday, uh, even though my team came up on the short end. Uh, But, hey, you know what? They had their opportunities. You know, they, they still could have had the opportunity to win the ball game. And uh, they just didn't, uh, you know, they didn't get it done. And there's nobody to blame. You give Tennessee credit for what they did. Um, you know, I had concerns going into that ball game. I told you guys last week about that. And, um, you know, Alabama's got to, uh, uh, you know, they got to find a way to, to to get rid of these penalties they're having. Just way too many. You, you can't beat a good team with 12, 13, 14, 16 penalties in a game. It just, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, an uphill battle. Uh, But, you know, uh, I was proud, uh, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, of the game. You know, Bryce uh, Young is, hes something special, guys, I tell you what. You know, and when it was all said and done, uh, here's the thing that I like about Bryce. He never pointed a finger at anybody. He said he needed to get better. So that's just a class act that I think he is. I love
1: watching him play. Better. Yeah.
7: You know, And uh, but he just, you know, sometimes when he rolls out to his left, he just kind of floats out there and waits and, you know, and, and, and gives receivers time, especially down in the red zone, to, to get open. Uh, but, you know, that Hendon Hooker. Uh, He was was throwing darts. I I thought the big key was Alabama never could get to him. Uh, Tennessee protected him well. Uh, And and Alabama's secondary, as as Coach Evans said, they played way too soft. Uh, You know, the only thing I would question is right before they attempted the field goal, and I kept telling myself this, I was like, why not, at least on third down, go ahead and run the ball. To the left and get it in the middle of the field, or maybe to the left hash mark. Because undoubtedly, I think that uh, I don't. I don't know the kicker's name. It seems like he struggles from that right hash mark, and I think Under's
1: has had the same. Yeah, Will uh, Rocker. Well, Will Rocker.
7: Yeah. So you know, it, it, you know, on any given Saturday in the SEC, most everybody can win. So here's my scenario. I want to throw out to you guys: What if? What if Ole Miss runs the gauntlet with the exception of one loss to Alabama? Tennessee and and Georgia play. Georgia beats Tennessee. And then Alabama wins the West and Georgia wins the East. And Alabama beats Georgia. You're going to get two in, more than likely. But the question would be, How could you not possibly look at putting three? A lot of stuff's got to happen everywhere, you know, for for that scenario to come into effect. But, I mean, it's something that – that'd be a mess, you know, (laughs) Uh, for the SEC anyway. Uh, You know, so I'm I'm interested to watch uh, the Tennessee-Georgia game. And they go to Georgia, correct?
2: Yeah, it is. It's at Georgia.
7: I I mean, I don't know, guys. What what, what do y'all think? I mean – um, who wins that game
3: at Georgia? The, the, <laughs> just, just the fact that it's at Georgia yeah, makes me I, I want to lean Georgia that way. But I, I'm telling you, neutral side, it'd be a coin flip. It, it'd be a toss up for me, honestly. That's going to be. That's, I, we talked about it earlier. It's going to be appointment television. I I, I know where I'm going to be on the night of that game, and, and I can't yeah. wait to watch it. Yeah,
7: it, it'd be interesting. But if if you if you end up with that scenario. Georgia beats Tennessee. Alabama beats Ole Miss. Ole Miss wins out. Uh, Tennessee wins out, exception the one loss to Georgia. Alabama wins out, plays Georgia in the SEC championship game, and Alabama beats Georgia.
1: Yeah.
7: Well, what happened?
1: Chaos. You know
3: what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Chaos. Whoever, it's it's whoever gonna it's wins, all going to depend Tennessee. it's all going to depend on how the Big Ten looks and and if Clemson right, can right. win the ACC and. How how everybody else does defeated. Yeah,
2: unfortunately, somebody would get left out, and in the scenario you're talking about, it would be Tennessee that gets left out because you're gonna. That it looks like the Big Ten's gonna come down between Ohio State and Michigan unless something crazy happens. It looks like that's gonna come down there. Uh, Clemson, the clear favorite over in the ACC. I don't think anybody's even paying attention out west, but. There's there's some stuff going on out there, too.
1: Keith is rightfully including Ole Miss in this scenario, too, because Ole Miss is now uh, moving up in the top ten. They would only have lost to Alabama. They're a one-loss SEC team that didn't get to play in the championship game because Alabama was there, and thus we're back into the 2017 Alabama scenario where Auburn and Georgia go head-to-head in the title game. Alabama finds themselves in the playoffs with just the one loss in the regular season.
7: Yeah, I mean, it it, it it would be interesting to see how all that plans out. Yeah, you know, I, I hope Alabama can, can win out. It, it's not a guarantee. Yeah. I mean, that team's that team that team's got a lot of work to do. Still a long uh, way to no go.
1: Kids.
7: Yeah. And one last question, guys. I'm going to hang up. Um, the Arkansas game this past Saturday, I, I, I didn't catch that, but who won Who won that ball game? Arkansas won
1: 52-35 over BYU.
7: Okay. All uh, right. I, I just didn't know what that score was. Yep. So. But anyway, guys, yeah. We'll talk to you soon, uh, then. Bad Okay, bud. Y'all take care. Thanks right. for
1: taking my call. <laughs> That's Keith from Auburn joining us there on the show. Chaos could be straight ahead for the world of college football. That is for sure. And we're okay with it. Absolutely. But again,
3: It's the best sport in the world.
1: We don't know until we play out these next few weeks and to see who be 2 and that sort of thing. So, as our show continues to wind down here on the program, got to get to a nightly TV guide. We'll race through this, however. Now, time for the best Woo-hoo!
0: and worst.
1: No! No! No!
0: of the weekend.
1: Best and worst of the weekend. Gentlemen, what do you guys have?
4: Every week the Falcons win will be my best of the weekend. <laughs> the Falcons won. That is my best of the weekend. We dominated the Niners on the line of scrimmage, and it was a good
1: two-score win. Plain and simple. I like it. Brant.
3: Uh, I can't. I don't know this young man's name, but a, the offensive lineman for Tennessee who broke the <laughs> huddle, uh, puked, <laughs> looked over at the Alabama defensive line, and wow. started nodding at them. Uh, that's that why was far, pretty cool. That, that mean young man can play on my football team <laughs> any day. There, there are other words I want to use, but I'm going to avoid them. Uh, my best of the weekend is just the scene in Knoxville after that game. I'm not a
2: Tennessee fan. I didn't have a dog in that fight, don't care one way or the other, but that scene of, of everybody rushing the field, tearing the goalposts down, the sheer jubilation, yeah. the cigars, the picture outside of Neyland Stadium yeah. with the cigar smoke, the smoke wafting out, goodness gracious. That's why I always say, and I hope Bill Bailey's listening to me, college football is better than NFL when it comes to the atmosphere, uh, uh, uh. when it comes to the excitement, when it comes to the just, there's a the lot of it. That's the Tons of passion. Just the you don't see NFL fans rushing the field and tearing down goalposts, and. Filling their stadium up with cigar smoke. It's, you win a game, it's like, yay, my team won. It's unbelievable. Let's, now let's go to the car and leave. Yeah.
1: I was very happy you for a number of us. Uh, you don't get
2: that in, in, in pro football.
1: Tennessee Volunteers, my younger brother being an alum of the university, was very excited. A younger brother that's getting married on Friday as well. So, busy weeks uh, ahead for the Jacksons here. Um, worst of the weekend, anything come to mind?
3: Auburn's run defense, Braves. Uh, Tennessee asking for help in uh, paying to get a new goalpost. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty you. Bad. You are a you are a billion dollar university by your own goalposts. <laughs> um, that said, I do think that the GoFundMe has reached like two thirds of its <laughs> donation. So there you go. Way to go, sheep. There you
1: go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great stuff, as always, gentlemen. That's what uh, that's what I love to hear. Anything else for worst of the weekend or best of the weekend that we failed to? Recognize. Well, I, I do was, like the Braves. I was heartbroken that yeah. they're season. Yeah, that was br- that was
2: that was brutal. And they weren't even really competitive. No. That, was, that was just bad. Uh another best if you were watching that Buffalo Bills game, Josh Allen uh hurdling
3: dog. That was awesome. Goodness. That gracious was awesome. Time. He ju- he jumped over a grown man. Yeah, he
2: did. It, but no, that is a grown man jumping over a grown man. You're yeah, talking yeah. what Allen, yeah. what
3: six five? Yeah, yeah, big boy.
2: Allen six five with a bunch of weight on him, and that Joker got up. Yeah, and <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> an athlete.
3: Hurdled a guy. I cannot wait to watch the Chiefs From and the Bills Wyoming. play each other for forever. Yeah, yeah. for For like the next fifteen years, we're going to see those two go head to head. At oh, worst of the,
1: the weekend for me would be the Carolina Panthers passing attack on offense. Ah, yeah.
3: yeah uh, one one pass more hit. than ten yards past the line of scrimmage, right?
1: Yeah.
3: I, I figured, I figured that, it would
8: yes. be
2: Robbie getting in the arguments with all the guys and getting Ooh, kicked off. The field I mean, it was just and then traded away today.
1: I get why he's upset, right? You're not throwing the too. football down the field at all. There was um there was one for people that don't know, the Carolina Panthers attempted one pass further than ten yards down the field. Do you know how hard it like that that it just it feels impossible? Nineteen forty five football. Wait a minute. They were down at the end of the game. What? They started to do some Hail Marys and that sort of thing. Nope. (laughs) Didn't happen. Just did not happen. Tough times. It's actually, that's for crazy because
4: sure. y'all are a literal quarterback away from being a decent team.
3: I thought that at the beginning of the year. But I'm I not mean, positive it's, now. I, okay, okay, okay. You say, you, I'll, you, I'll you have I'll, Christian McCaffrey, and that's about it. I'll say a quarterback
4: and leadership away, and and good coaching away from from a from being a solid team. Made the
3: coaching they, change. JJ, JJ you you are biased in favor of the Panthers. How how would you rank the Panthers roster? Eh. Yeah.
1: I mean, I I do like the defense. Yeah. The defense the has defense,
4: performed. Has the,
3: the defense last has years. the defense been good? Because yes, I had them. I, have I,
4: so much talent on defense, dude. It's
3: great. But has it has it worked this year? That's my thing. Like it it hasn't looked great this year. Correct. They're, because good players can't stay on the field. Well, yes, but still,
1: they've had three defensive touchdowns, which is always good for That's, fantasy yeah. purposes. Well, it's
3: yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, they're scoring are, scoring defense. is fantastic. Team, terrible team. <laughs> uh, all right, here's our nightly
0: TV guy. Our show is about to end. But we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide.
1: All right, our Nightly TV Guide is brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Stop by your local TK's convenience store for some White Claw. Tom? All right, Monday, October the 17th. That's today. What's on
2: TV? 6 p.m. Central on FS1. You can catch some MLS playoff as Miami is at new york city fc it's the first round of the easter conference playoffs in major league soccer these two teams split the two regular season matches catch the action tonight as nycfc looks to defend their 2021 mls championship if you're looking for something on the home and garden tv hd tv at 6 p.m love it or list it a real estate agent and an interior designer advise frustrated homeowners on whether they're better of renovating their home or putting it on the market tonight's episode is titled no room to salsa karen has no intention of ever leaving her home she's attached to the area and sees the potential in her house with her mother and sister close by it creates a wonderful supportive environment for her family that's love it or leave it 6 p.m on hgtv all right karen hopefully it goes well for you 6 p.m hgtv what else tom there's a big baseball game on tonight, six o seven p.m. on TBS. The MLB playoffs between the Cleveland Guardians and the New York Yankees. It's a winner take all game five tonight between the Guardians and the Yankees. Whoever wins tonight's game will advance to the American League Championship Series to play the Houston Astros. Don't get much bigger in baseball than a winner die. Winner take winner. all. Yep. No uh, Guardians. I yeah. Go Guardians. I'm tired of the Yankees. Go Guardians. At 6 p.m. on the Cartoon Network, JJ's pick of the night, Scooby-Doo and the Loch Ness Monster. (laughs) Banger. Now There's plenty of (laughs) good, creepy family fun as the mystery-solving Pooch and his human pals take the high road to Scotland where they encounter encounter the fabled, elusive creature of the lake. JJ will be ponied up at the TV (laughs) with his glass of milk and Oreos watching... Scooby-Doo and the Loch Ness Monster on the Cartoon Network. On Cartoon Network,
1: Network. yeah. The mystery-solving pooch.
2: Scooby-Dooby-Doo. There you go. Uh. Where are you? (laughs) At 7 p.m. on the USA Channel, (laughs) Bill Bailey's pick of the day, WWE Monday Night Raw. The superstars of World Wrestling Entertainment unleash some Matt Mayhem in Oklahoma City. So go watch some wrestling on Monday Night Raw, 7 p.m. on USA And finally, on ESPN, if you're into the football, not the soccer football, but the American football, the Denver Broncos are at the Los Angeles Chargers. It's an AFC West showdown tonight as Russell Wilson and the Broncos are currently 2-3 on the year and looking to right the ship before it's too late. Quarterback Justin Herbert leads the Chargers' high-powered offense as L.A. looks for their fourth win of the season. That is the Denver Broncos at the Los Angeles Chargers, Monday Night Football, 7 feet, 15 p.m. on ESPN, and that is your nightly
1: TV guide, sponsored by White Claw. That's right, that's right, good stuff on television tonight, a good breakdown there for you. All right, good stuff, Tom, thank you for being here. Always enjoy it. We'll see you on Wednesday. Yes, hopefully I can be here
2: Wednesday and I don't have a...
1: I will I, not be here angry, Wednesday, but the guys wild. will see you on Wednesday. Yeah,
2: I had to miss last Wednesday show. I had some dental work on Tuesday. And ah, yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday off. Yeah, hey, man, trying to get in here and talk last Wednesday would have been rough. So I was like, oh, you
1: know, I just need
3: to take a day off. Brant,
1: I hope I'll dentally be. you are doing well. I <laughs> have your, not
3: been to the dentist since I moved to Auburn. Okay, I should probably get go. that done. Okay. Uh, See you soon, okay? Yeah, you will.
1: Cam Barry, good to
3: see you as well. Thanks for yeah, being on the show. For sure.
1: That does it for today's show. Thanks to Jason Caldwell for stopping by as well. For Tom Peavy, brand Daughtry, and Cam Barry. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.